0: Welcome to Query, where we provide simple answers to complex tech questions. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Serenity Caldwell. Hey.
1: Hi. How's it going?
0: It's good. It is good. I feel like we are, you know, it's October now. The avalanche of Apple news from September has slowed down. So I think both both you and I are kind of catching our breath this week for the first time in several weeks, maybe.
1: Yeah. And, so- yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's good to kind of... Settle in and kind
1: of relax. Yeah, it's it's nice. This is the first week, I think, in about two months where I haven't been driving somewhere or flying somewhere for either work or derby or life. So I'm I'm enjoying the idea of, oh, I can actually <laughs> catch up on news from three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and yeah.
0: <laughs> well, good. Well, we've got uh, a bunch of stuff to talk about this week, and we're going to start with ARKit. This is a great question uh, from Doug. Doug says he just got the iPhone 8 Plus. What are some fun AR apps that I should try?
1: Oh, that's such a good question, Doug. I have been digging through AR apps, although admittedly not to the extent that our uh, I'm more AR guru Russell Holly has, uh, but I, I have some some great thoughts for you.
0: Let's talk about hardware limitations, Doug. I think there's this idea out there that you have to have a new phone to do this, and you just have to be above the A9 processor. So that is the iPhone SE, the iPhone 6S and 6S Plus, 7 and 7 Plus, then all iPad Pros, the 2017 iPad, and then, of course, the the, the new phones, the 8, the 8 Plus, and the forthcoming 10. So even if you're on a, a phone that's a couple years old, you can take advantage of this, which I think is pretty cool. That's not locked away for just the newest customers.
1: But uh but but no love for the iPod Touch or uh, no. iPad mini, huh?
0: They still sell? They still sell those things? Interesting. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Sorry iPod Touch fans, there's no love for you here.
1: So sad. So sad.
0: It is. It's a little sad.
1: It is. All right. So, let's talk favorite apps. My number one with a bullet for AR and maybe this is a little niche, but I think it's fascinating is skyguide ar so this is if you've used skyguide before it's been around for a while um, been on a bunch of apple best of lists skyguide essentially uses the compass and the accelerometer to basically show you the constellations in the sky so you can previous to this you would you know pick up your iphone and you'd move it around and you could basically see oh i'm pointing this way these constellations are above me uh, but with AR Kit, I feel like this is what Skyguide always wanted to be, uh, and then it really just didn't have the the physical capability until just now, thanks to thanks to all of the technical thingamabobs, which is yes an official term for uh, for AR Kit. So now all of the old Skyguide features exist, but uh, when you enter the compass mode, there's now a little camera button, and when you press the camera. And move your camera and your phone upwards towards the sky, it will superimpose. Depending on how much blending or how little blending you want with the remainder, you know, with the the sky and everything else around you, all of the constellations and the names of stars. And for instance, oh, you want to find where Andromeda is? I'll be able to show you in AR in real time. And what's even cooler about this is it actually superimposes around buildings. Uh, so I, the first time I got to try this out was actually in New York. Um, and I was sitting with uh, with I'm editor at large, Renee Ritchie, and we were at a table uh, in a greenhouse, uh, It's sort of like a renovated greenhouse style restaurant. I'm not really sure how to describe it. But the, the point is that the ceilings were glass and I could look up and obviously it's New York City. So you're not going to see a whole ton of of stars. But I'm like, I wonder if this is going to work. So I turned on st- a sky guide and I pointed it up and it actually it was showing me the constellations, but it it recognized that there were you know, slots in between the various glass panels for the roof. So it actually would like cut off letters and like partial, partially eclipsed stars based on what I was looking at through that glass pane. Oh, wow. And it like hid half of the constellation based on a building. It was really wacky. I'm like, this is – it's such a good example of how – Good Apple's tracking is because I I would not have expected that.
0: Yeah, th- this app is super awesome. I was a little jealous that you picked it as your first one because I I absolutely love it, and I think it's a it's a good example, like you said, of the tech. But I think so much about ARKit. It's easy to think about gaming and fun stuff, but I really believe that there is a super strong case for like educational tools built with this stuff. And Sky got is right up there on that list for me. That hey, you know, you can you can kind of see how the sky works and if you do it over time see how it changes as we go around the sun like lots of really cool stuff in here so yeah i I agree with you sky guide ar is is one of the best examples that that i've come across so far hands down
1: all right what's your pick stephen
0: so uh, you know i said just a second ago it's about education and the stuff um my next one would appear to fit that but it doesn't at all so this is uh peak calc by our friend james thompson (laughs) PCalc is a calculator for your Mac or iPhone or iPad or whatever.
1: Or Apple TV. He's been building
0: this app, Apple TV. He's been building this app for decades. And what James does is he tries to use every single bit of technology that he can. So in the iOS versions of PCalc, if you go to the About screen, there is an entire ARKit world (laughs) behind the About screen. So... It started simple. Where, you know, you can have the logo and you can kind of throw things at it and play with gravity. And then he added a car tracking, like car track racing thing. So you can drive this car around and smash into all the objects you've you've moved around. It is, it's not a game in the sense that there's objectives. It's like a free form world. It's like a sandbox. But it's incredible to see the power of this platform. And it's hilarious to me that it's in a calculator app that is a great calculator app. And if you need one, like, go check out PCalc. But the the, the AR universe James has built at the heart of it is really amazing.
1: It is such a funny experience to actually use and, and integrate with. I was really, I don't want to say skeptical, but when James was like, yeah, I'm working on AR stuff and was showing previews of like, oh, you can spin the, the icon in an AR. And I'm like, that's kind of cool. And then when I actually got to play with the about screen, I was like, holy what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's very fun. I appreciate that developers especially developers of educational software uh, are willing to kind of go out on a limb and play with things it's like no maybe it doesn't make sense for pcalc right now but the fact that james now has experience with ar kit and uh has fun has had fun playing with all these crazy things uh, it might it might give him stuff for the future and if not, uh, it's also just an excuse for, uh, for people who buy calculators. You know, I feel like we've always been trying to play games on our calculators since like yeah. the earliest calculators. <laughs> this is just a natural, uh, natural progression instead of, you know, trying to play snake. Now we're, uh, now we're playing race cars. Crashing I into each thought other.
0: about it that way. That's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, it, and I think, I mean, I don't want to put words in James' mouth, but I think he would even tell you that it's silly, that it's meant to be fun and like unexpected. So I like you get the privilege of beta testing a bunch of this stuff. And like you said, when James said he was doing this this summer, I was like, what are you doing, man? Like, oh, this doesn't seem to make any sense, but and in a way it doesn't. But it for me, it was the first app that I really played with that showed, like I said, just the, the power of this, that this iPad or a phone can drive this whole world really smoothly is is really impressive so if you uh if you want just want to like drive a car through a ramp covered in flaming bananas and then go do your math homework check out Peekout.
1: out <laughs> it's a great it's a great one all right so my other uh big one that i really like uh and this is maybe a predictable choice uh, but I like it for the prospect of what developers will be able to do in the future, which is Ikea's Ikea Place app, which of course has been featured in commercials, and it's one of the first kit experiences that people kind of got to see. Um, but Ikea Place essentially uh, kind of does what it says. It, it lets you place Ikea furniture virtually in your home, um, and that's, you know, kind of neat from a, oh, I want to beta test whether or not this couch actually fits in my living room before I go and look at the couch and fall in love with it only to find out that it's three centimeters too big. Um, I also really like it just because it, again, it's a technological, it shows it off. The fact that, you know, lighting actually works pretty well with it. Um, and the, that you can go up close to the furniture or step away from the furniture. It's not perfect. Like it's, uh, there was, I forget right after iOS 11 came out, someone did a very hilarious joke tweet of like, look at how realistic this furniture looks and I can zoom in and I can zoom out and I can touch it. And then you realize it's just a piece of furniture. Um, (laughs) So Ikea is not that far along and occasionally does work. I I definitely I accidentally put a table on the wall, which was pretty funny. Um, But for the most part, it's uh, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I think that's pretty cool. And I think it, it goes well with my last pick, which is, is measure kit. So this app, again, got some press around the iOS 11 launch and measure kit is basically a set of tools to let you measure things. And like, I remember on Twitter, people were like, well, just go use a ruler. Like I I get that. Right. But if this is all you have in your, on you and you don't know where your tape measure is, you don't own a tape measure. This is going to get you down the road a little bit. So I've played with this around my house. Like how big is the TV? How long is the dining room table? Like, it is, it is shockingly good and accurate in my testing. You know, it's some of the UI, sort of my one well, knock against it, some of the UI is a little confusing when you first get started. But once you kind of get the hang of it, you can sort of draw dots and figure out the distance between them and that sort of thing. So this is a, another example, I think, if you want to see what this technology is capable of outside of gaming, I think Measure Kit's a really good example of just what it can do and how powerful it can be because this is all built on apis that apple's built into ar kit and so seeing you know that it can figure out the relationship between two points and and measure them just based on camera data and and the gyroscope and everything is it's pretty impressive even if it's not perfect uh and for me it was another one like peacock that opened my eyes to the the possibility of this just having fun
1: yeah i absolutely agree um i that was one of the first ones i downloaded besides sky guide uh, and it's uh, it's surprisingly fun to randomly measure things in your home and uh, find out, for instance, how tall your bed is. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's fun.
0: Yeah. Um, it's um, it's I, I like the variety that's out there. You know, we've we talked about four apps. None of them are really the same. And there's tons more the, the variety is really impressive this early on. And I imagine it's only going to get better with time.
1: Absolutely. It's still kind of early days. Um, and even with, you know, we have the, the iPhone 8 and 8 plus um, and the iPhone, the upcoming iPhone 10, but we really, I don't, I don't think we've even scraped the surface of, of what, you know, we can actually do and how this is going to evolve and change. So um, speculating along that, those lines, Stephen, if you could go to any developer you wanted and say, I want this AR Kit app and it doesn't exist yet. What, what app would that be for you?
0: You know, I thought about this, and what came to mind was a situation where we are, you know, we've all done this, right? We're working on something in the house, or my kind of example I always use is trying to change a taillight in my wife's van. And I'm very handy, and I could not figure out how to open this thing. And right now we go to YouTube, right? You search, like, how to, you know, adjust the chain tension on a bike, or how to, you know, fix a, a toilet that's running, or how to change a taillight in this year Honda Odyssey, and that's helpful, right? And there's a whole ecosystem of videos out there. They all have tons and tons of views if they're popular topics. And what I think would be really interesting is to apply AR to that sort of stuff. And so instead of just seeing a video of someone, you know, pointing to where the screws are and telling me, you know, take these out and then you got to turn it over and take this clip out and then be careful when you do this. Being able to see that in AR, right, holding my phone or iPad up to the back of the car, and it's showing me exactly where things are. And as I turn the corner, it follows me. You know, that seems really powerful to me. Again, it's sort of the education slant. And I admit that's where, where I go to on this stuff. But I think that would be incredible. And it would take a lot of time, right? Like, like to answer your question about, like, Mr. Developer, Mrs. Developer, I want a, an app that does this. This is more some sort of a framework, right? That I could load in my content that I know about and, like, put something educational together. So, I think my answer is more of a platform than an app, but I could see all sorts of uses for this. Like, all my examples are relatively silly, but think about medicine or science or teaching this sort of like layering in how to or like disassembly stuff over what you're actually seeing in front of you in my mind, is incredibly powerful. You know, I, for a long time, took apart computer hardware for a living. And you learn about basically these like PDFs of a computer like sort of blown apart and you kind of see all the relationship between all the different pieces. So that sort of thing in AR, I, I would be excited about.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, given that I spent over an hour, uh, trying to wrestle with a doorknob yesterday. Uh, and, and it turns out, you know, installing locks on doors hard. Uh, I would really love that. I would love, uh, to point my phone at something and it'd be like, oh, this, uh, this set is like 0.2 millimeters off and here's what you can do to fix it rather than having to re- figure out the precise words that I have to Google to tell me how to fix my lock. You know, oh, what is this called? Is it you know besides a lock? What is this? What is the deadbolt mechanism called? What is the door frame called? You know, it's that that can be very frustrating when you're trying to Google home improvement stuff or electron even electronics improvement stuff. Uh, and I, I I love it modern day how stuff works. Uh, I'm a fan. So on uh, on my side. I really want to see AR and pre-visualization uh, specifically as it relates to planning out video stuff. I really want to see kind of those to combine. Uh, right now, obviously, uh, people use previs on set where they'll have somebody, you know, basically mock up, say, um, a gun battle or, or a great, uh, you know, oh, these actors are actually on, you know, the sands of Arabia, even though we're in a soundstage. Uh, And they can basically mock it up for the director and show like, oh, based on the screen screen, we've made a very rudimentary you know, a rudimentary play here. But what I would really love, I've seen a lot of people start using iPads as viewfinders on top of the sort of more heavy duty cameras. And if there could be like an an AR kit experience that instantly mapped those two things together, and then rendered them in real time while, you know, someone could move around and it have it not be $20,000, but literally just have it be an app where you input, okay, this is what I want you to show when you show me these mapping points and then go from there. I mean, that could, that could be really, really cool. Again, not just for filming, although that's a, that's a cool, that's a nice implementation, but also when we think about, okay, well, playing in virtual reality eventually, or even designing virtual reality games. We saw that great demo on the, what was it? The iMac pro um, mm-hmm. Back at w w d c where it was like oh let 's let 's show what it looks like uh inside this uh this scene builder for Star Wars and Darth Vader coming in um being able to do that in real time with a portable device would be huge
0: so much of that right now is it 's not mainstream because of the expense right like the videos I do on YouTube are shockingly low budget, <laughs> and it 's just me in my studio and i 'm a single person operation and I have no access to those sort of tools, right? I don't really understand them. I don't really think about them because they're just so far out of my league. But again, that's something that ARKit running on an iPad Pro, well, I have an iPad Pro right here, and it runs ARKit. And, and bringing that, that sort of tool tools and sort of like creative utility to the masses is something that Apple and a lot of other tech companies have been been about forever, and so yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I could see a world where you know you don't have to be this certain level to like access this technology and access this toolkit. If you just have an iPad or an iPhone, you know you're not going to get the full experience, but you're going to get enough to make your work better. So I agree with you. I think that's a I think that's a fabulous idea. That'd be very cool. I think so.
1: So lots of lots of cool stuff in in AR Kit. It's only the beginning. I'm looking forward to seeing what people do, especially when the iPhone 10 comes out, and we'll also get access to depth data for the front cameras as well.
0: If you have a a question like Doug, you can ask it on Twitter. Just use the hashtag #AskQuery, and we will see it. So Mark also has a question, and uh, I think it's I think it's timely. He is looking at upgrading from a Series Zero to the original Apple Watch. Is it safe to assume that my ring closing streak will transfer to 763 days and counting? And first of all, Mark, you're just a beast, right? (laughs) I'm impressed. (laughs) I'm happy to get like four days in a row, honestly. That's really awesome. So what does this look like? Is Mark going to have to leave his epic Olympic streak behind?
1: No, Mark will not. Uh, Assuming that he is planning on moving his backup to a new watch um and even the health health data also backs up um over iCloud and iOS 11 if you so choose so that is an alternative option but i would just say to be on the safe side what you're going to want to do is make sure that your series 0 has a new backup you can always force a backup by unpairing your apple watch uh and that will automatically back up to your iphone um but either way, you're going to want to make sure that you do this backup on iOS 11 because if you try and do it on an iOS 10 device and then try and restore your Apple Watch on an iOS 11 device, it's going to be kind of weird. Um, so let's see. I want, to, I want to see the best way that I can uh, lay this out step-by-step step because backing up an Apple Watch is sometimes a confusing topic. Uh, essentially, an app a quote-unquote Apple Watch backup, what that actually is is part of an iPhone backup. So when you, when I'm backing up my Apple Watch to my iPhone 7, uh, what I'm actually doing is saving basically preference files uh, of all the things that I'm doing on my Apple Watch and then syncing my health data from my Apple Watch to the health app on the iPhone. So when I back up my Apple Watch, I'm just making sure that my health app has the latest data uh, from my Apple Watch. And then if I want to restore an Apple Watch from that, quote unquote, backup, what I'm doing is actually restoring the health data from my iPhone to that Apple Watch along with that little settings bundle. So as a result, uh, in order for you to restore an Apple Watch from backup, you have to also have the iPhone file. So if you're on the same iPhone, Mark, so if you're, say, let's say you have a uh, iPhone 7 paired with your Series 0. Uh, you're not upgrading this year. You're just keeping with that iPhone 7, and then you want to upgrade from a Series 0 Apple Watch to a Series 3 GPS plus cellular Apple Watch. All you have to do is unpair your Apple Watch, pair your new Series 3 Apple Watch to that iPhone 7, and restore from backup, and it'll all work out easy peasy. You'll get your ring-closing streak, um, and it'll basically be like your your iPhone ha- or your Apple Watch hasn't changed, except uh, except internally. Um, If you want to swap to a new iPhone that's a little bit more complicated, so let's say you have a Series 0 and an iPhone 7 and you're moving to an iPhone 8 and then you want to move your Series 0 to a Series 3, Uh, before you do anything, you're obviously going to want to back up your Apple Watch. But then uh, when you get your iPhone 8 or your iPhone 10, for example, you want to transfer uh, your iPhone backup to that new hardware, so that to that new iPhone. Um and once you've transferred it to the new iPhone, then you want to repair your Series Zero with the new the new iPhone and connect all of that data um, that'll allow you to restore from backup because it's the same essentially preference files and backup information that you had on your iPhone 7. Once you've done that, then you unpair your series zero and pair your series three and backup from that information. So that's kind of like the old school, long way to do this. It's a little bit crazy. Uh, Steven, do you want to talk about the sort of the iOS 11 tweak to this that makes it a little bit easier? So you're not necessarily worrying about constantly transferring over all of this information?
0: Yeah. So it, previously, what you just outlined was the only way to make sure that a health data was backed up somewhere. Yep. <laughs> and if you wanted it on a new phone, you had to restore from your backup, which you know, some people want to set up a phone fresh with no backup. Sometimes you know, you're know you asked to as a diagnostic step if you're having you know weird software issues or something. Some people just like to start fresh. I've got a friend who every time he buys a new phone, he just starts over and he installs apps as he needs them. And I think there's probably something refreshing about that. So with iOS 11, health data can be synced with iClouds. So we have a link uh, to an iMore article about this. Basically, it's just a toggle in your iCloud settings, just like contacts or calendars or anything else. And if you do that what it means if you sign into a new phone if you you know cut open a new phone out of the box just sign to icloud that health data will be there you don't have to do a backup and restore dance i am glad this is here I think that in your art, in the article, it's outlined well that, you know, there are privacy issues with this, but no more than with anything else than iCloud. You know, if you trust iCloud for your photos, I would think you could trust them with your health data. I, I certainly do. <laughs> I mean, I checked this box as soon as I could because I don't, you know, want to lose something if I have a backup go awry or something. So this does make it easier, but, you know, specifically about the watch, you know, that backup and restore process, like it is a little confusing, but. How I've always I've upgraded watches twice now, and both times I unpair my old one before I pair my new one, just to make sure that I know this backup was made just five minutes ago. It's as up to date as it's going to be. Um, but yeah, so so Mark, you can continue to to live your your beast mode life with your seven hundred and sixty three. <laughs> and this tweet's a couple days old now, so it, you know hopefully he's at uh, you know seven seventy or something. <laughs> yeah, don't let us down, Mark. Don't,
1: don't let no, us down. keep it up. I'm I'm really I just want to say, Mark, I'm really impressed because. Me trying to hit my stand ring more than, you know, three days in a row is a good achievement for me. So the fact that you've been able to achieve all three rings consistently for over 700 days, I, I got to give you some props for that. That's pretty awesome.
0: It is awesome. So I think I think in honor of Mark, watch this. In honor of Mark, we too are going to enter the speed run.
1: It's <laughs> good, right?
0: It's not good if you oh, call it. Oh, get,
1: boy. Get out. Get out. Dad jokes. All right, Steven. What do you what do you got for me?
0: So, Ren, this is for you. Uh, you and I actually texted you when this was happening to me. So <laughs> last week my iPhone took a tumble and I had to have the screen replaced. And they do it in store now. They were gonna have my phone for a couple hours. So I was just gonna go around the corner to Whole Foods and like, you know, get a smoothie and and work on my laptop. When I got in my car, I realized I had no music and I didn't want to listen to the radio, so I thought, hey, I'm a smart guy. I'll pair my Apple Watch, which has locally synced music to it, to my car stereo and listen to music that way. And it doesn't work. No, it doesn't. Work. <laughs> no, and it doesn't. I texted you and I said, "Ren, why doesn't this work? And you said, <laughs> save it for the show. So here it is. Why, why was I disappointed?
1: You were disappointed because the Apple Watch does not support that kind of Bluetooth connection. Um, in terms of why it can't, whether that's a hardware or a software limitation, I don't actually physically know because I don't know so much about bluetooth standards what i do know is the type of things that you can pair your apple watch to and that includes headphones that includes bluetooth headsets that includes heart monitors and uh, things like glucose monitors um, but it does not include car stereos mm. uh, in part because the bluetooth connection that a car stereo requires where you can also share for instance contact information right. and all of that, yeah. is just not it's not, a, uh, it's not something that the Apple Watch currently has built into it. Uh, so it just doesn't see the car stereo. It's just like, what is that thing?
0: Um, yeah, it, you... it attempted, but it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I just spun. And I was like, well, this clearly isn't working.
1: No. Uh, you might actually have luck. If you have a car stereo that treats phone sync and Bluetooth sync as two separate things, and there are a couple, I think Ford does this. There are a couple of other cars that do this. You might have luck pairing your apple watch to your stereo but uh honestly i think the better way to do that is if you have a pair of airpods take one airpod like a bluetooth earpiece and then use it that way obviously don't use both airpods don't listen to headphones entirely in the car so you can't hear other things because that would be dangerous but if you want a little bit of music uh that's probably the best the best solution
0: you know i should have just had an ipod handy
1: seriously you never you know what Pa- take a page right from Baby here. Driver. Take a page from Edgar Wright. I know. Have an original iPod in the car.
0: They're on the bookcase right there. <laughs> All right. Well, now I'm sad.
1: Okay. Well, uh, let's let's cheer you up a little bit uh, with a question. Stuart wants to know, is it still possible to install custom ringtones on the iPhone now that Apple has updated iTunes to, to 12.7 and kind of nuked the ringtone section?
0: There is. And I was excited about this because I like custom ringtones. The ringtone I use right now is a, a thing I put together in GarageBand years ago. We used to use it for the intro music to the prompt, an old podcast I used to do that is now connected on the network. And I was really bummed. like, oh, no, I can't do this. But you totally still can do it. So the, the Tone's UI in iTunes is gone. But if you have those files on your hard drive, they're, they're kind of weird files. They're .m4r files. If you have those in Finder or Explorer or something, you can just drag them into iTunes on top of the iPhone like you were manually adding music to it. And it's, it just syncs. So the UI is gone, but it still totally works. So <laughs> there's a link in the show notes to OS 10 Daily. They have a nice little how-to on this. And I was excited to see this. And so I can continue to make – I only really know how to make techno music in GarageBand. That's all I really can do in it. <laughs> uh, but sometimes, you know, you need some new sweet beats when someone calls you, and you can still add them. So, so Stuart, uh, have no fear.
1: Yeah. And sometimes you need a little baby 8 tone telling you that uh, you've got a new message. Yeah, that's and how I'm, I use it.
0: Yeah, and iTunes does have a extensive tones store, but you know, if you want to make your own, uh, you can still do it.
1: There are options.
0: So, so we're going to round out uh, this with a, a question about the iPhone 10. Ahmad writes, "As far as I'm able to glean, an emoji are iMessage exclusive. Is this so, or have I missed something?"
1: Uh, well, creating an emoji currently is iMessage exclusive, absolutely, and it's possible that Apple might release a standalone app when we get closer to the iPhone 10. Uh, where you can like make recordings and then send them elsewhere, uh, but right now they they exist in iMessage um, and they can only be created on an iPhone 10 because the front facing camera on your other older iPhones is just not gonna right. not gonna cut it. Uh, this is pretty impressive technology, just period. By the way, I uh, you know I got texts from several of my friends in the VFX industry being like, uh, what?" <laughs> so uh, so this is pretty pretty high bar. I just want to start with that. But um, what happens if you – once you create things, can you send them to older iPhones? And the answer there is absolutely. Um, it's going to work the same way that sending stickers works currently where like if you send a sticker to a, an iPhone running iOS 9 or earlier, you're just going to get a, a still image or a video file if it's an animated sticker um, I can't say for sure how old iPhones will receive it, but I'm assuming that they're going to be receiving them as movie files since they have both audio and video components to them.
0: Yeah. That's, that's what I, f- I figured too. That it would just be, you know, sort of baked down into some sort of QuickTime file. Um, and these are only available in on the 10, like you said, because it, it needs everything, all that face ID depth sensor stuff that's in the 10. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, during the keynote and because it's cause I'm, I'm, much older on the inside than I am on the outside. This part of the keynote, I was like, "What is this?" But this is totally gonna sell a ton of phones. Like, right? People are super excited about this. Oh my god, it will! And it's fun. <laughs> so, so yeah. So, um, there are iMessage only. You, could, I could see a world. I agree with you. I could see a world, or maybe they're in Clips. You know, the Apple's app for sort of like creating mm. fun video stuff. So maybe mm-hmm. they end up in there at some point. But my guess is it launches gonna be iMessage only because iMessage is a super important service to Apple, and they want to keep it that way and they want to keep people in iMessage and so have it and you know it makes the iMessage app drawer useful in a new way because right now it's <laughs> not to some people
1: yeah so, so there you go there's a little bit um and i do want to say one thing it's not quite to your question Ahmed, but um People who are like, well, isn't why can't Snapchat do this? Like Snapchat had those filters on the face. Why can't I, you know, turn myself into a poop in Snapchat? Uh, a large portion of this is because Apple has limited the data that third-party developers can use. They only get the depth data. Uh, they don't really get the the live tracking or the map of your face. Uh, because there would be serious privacy issues there, and Apple would prefer, you know, not to give rando third-party app access to your full face data um, for, you know, good good reasons. Uh, so, in addition to theirs, there's a kind of there's a safety aspect to kind of keeping them in iMessage and keeping them to Apple programs.
0: Sure, and I I, I uh, respect that. So, well, I think I think that does it. Thank you, dear listener. For joining us this week, if you want to find links to the apps we talked about and the articles we talked about and the support document making me sad about my Apple Watch, all those links are on our website, relay.fm slash query slash 13. You can get in touch with us there. Of course, you can ask questions on Twitter using the hashtag AskQuery, and we'll be sure to see that. In the meantime, you can find Serenity there at Saturn, S-E-T-T-E-R-N. You can find her writing at iMore.com. I'm ISMH on Twitter. I'm still stuck with 140 characters, so that makes me sad. I write, I write F12 pixels, though, uh, so if you need me in more than 140 characters, check out the blog. Until next week, Serenity, say goodbye.
1: Goodbye.
0: Adios.